Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, mental health is in the news all the time these days, and one question that's been coming up a bit from our listeners is, is it real, or is it just a feeling? So to start with, maybe we can tackle a simple question. What is anxiety? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anxiety is important to know because it's this physiological response to a stressful event. Uh, Some people define it as a distress or uneasiness of mind caused by the fear of danger or misfortune. Anxiety usually goes along with the emotion of worry, and there can also be physical symptoms sometimes, like having a headache or an upset stomach. So what is actually going on in the body when someone experiences anxiety? When you're confronted with a very stressful event, your brain basically anticipates the energy and focus for the event. And it's going to stimulate or actually rather slow different systems in your body. So in stressful situations, whether good or bad, you're going to use your accelerated, your sympathetic system and pump more blood, breathe more oxygen, get more focus and make your muscles more reactive. This is you basically bracing and getting ready to get through that stressful event. Now there is a deep kind of anxiety lump that people describe in the throat or in the chest when there's a stressful or disheartening experience. What is the physiological cause of all of this? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That anxiety lump in your throat, you know, when you're about to do some public speaking, it's caused by this muscular tension keeping your glottis dilated to maximize airflow, actually. Uh, And the clenched chest or heartache kind of deeper down your torso is caused by the vagus nerve, which largely controls your parasympathetic control of your organs. It basically gets kicked out of chill mode by stress and is now entering survival mode. So it's going to tell the various organs to pump blood harder and faster, uh, even do things like stop digesting and start producing cortisol and adrenaline. Wow, there's a lot going on there. So now if that is anxiety, uh, what is it when people say uh, someone has an anxiety disorder? Well, so a disorder is a maladaptive response to what we consider the norm. And when you have an anxiety disorder, you chronically react too much or have difficulty to come back to a normal state. Uh, Any situation can become stressful by the way your brain analyzes it and adjusts to it. Your brain perceives danger even in a non-threatening situation or can overstimulate in stressful events. This is what happens when you have a panic attack. Your body responses excessively to some stress. I see. Now, how do people treat anxiety disorder then? Well, a doctor's first line of treatment is usually through some type of drug-based medication. For example, antidepressants, anti-anxiety tablets, and beta blockers. These can be very effective, but they all have some side effects, some worse than others. There are other non-drug therapies that are becoming pretty popular, such as self-hypnosis, meditation and yoga, cognitive behavioral therapy, counseling, and even acupuncture. These are therapies to help people basically manage or cope with their anxiety and or anxiety attacks. Now, antidepressants regulate some pathways of this nervous system. It forces the accumulation of certain chemicals in your brain so that these nervous pathways are not constantly being stimulated. It may help to manage this disorder better, but they don't really do anything about the underlying condition that's causing the anxiety. 
And it's interesting that medication that you describe for anxiety is also used for depression. Uh, so what's the difference between depression and anxiety? Yeah, yeah. So actually, before we switch into the depression topic, I thought we should mention the Happy Brain podcast that we've been recently enjoying. Ah, yes, that's right. Uh, this entire mental health conversation is obviously a topic that's uh, serious and we are not experts in this field. But there is a podcast that we've been listening to that does offer some more practical tips on the topic. Yeah, it's called Happy Brain by Heather Parody. They just did an episode on three tips to help your anxious loved ones. Very relevant to what we've just been explaining. Exactly. Very relevant. Some of my other favorite episodes talk about hypnosis, why you should create an alter ego, and also what a laughter club is. Those are fascinating topics. Hypnosis is one that we've heard from our listeners about it would be interesting as an ELI 5 topic. But where we try to explain uh, concepts like I'm 5, Happy Brain podcast gives more practical tips. So if you'd like to give it a listen, search for the Happy Brain podcast with Heather Paraday, and we hope it will make your brain a little happier. Meanwhile, Kevin, back to my question on the difference between depression and anxiety. Yeah, so depression and anxiety are commonly seen together. A lot of anxious people develop depression states or juggle with both disorders. So can you ELI-5 depression itself then? Yeah, yeah. So depression is a really, really big and broad topic. You know, many people think that depression just means a person's very sad. Uh, and when people say, I'm depressed, they actually often mean they're in a low mood state, a temporary inability to kind of feel excited or joy. Uh, it's pretty normal to feel this way from time to time, though. I personally highly recommend the Pixar movie Inside Out for one of the most accurate depictions of depression I've ever seen. And it's also presented in a way very understandable, whether you're 5 years old or 50 years old. Uh, clinical depression can cause some symptoms in the body as well as mood problems. Technically, depression is a mental illness, uh, and it's also called major depressive disorder, unipolar depression or clinical depression to be more precise. So how do you tell the difference between just uh, I'm depressed and, and clinical depression? Good question. Uh, basically, it needs, to be, it needs to keep happening over a long period of time. There is something called the ICD-10, and it's a list of codes that classify diseases. So the IDC-10 is used around the world to diagnose people with illnesses like depression. And according to the ICD-10, for a person to be diagnosed with depression, their symptoms have to, at last, have to last for at least two weeks, with symptoms almost every day. Give us a sense for some of these symptoms, just quick fire. Yeah, so, so a few things like feelings of sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, uh, could also be irritability, you know, a loss of interest in activities, significant weight loss, sleep issues, not being able to concentrate, or even thinking a lot about death. And what is the cause of depression or clinical depression? That's a really hard question. <laughs> there are a lot of causes and theories, uh, but if you're asking more about the physiological side, the one thing we do know is that serotonin is the main chemical in the brain that has to do with happiness. And many antidepressant medications work essentially by trying to balance the amount of serotonin in the brain. So two quick questions to end with then. Why do mental health symptoms seem to be more intrusive or more disruptive and more severe at nighttime? Ooh, so don't, have, don't really have a definitive answer for this one, but there is the idea that your executive function kind of diminishes throughout the day. And it makes it so that being deliberate with your thoughts is more difficult, giving way to something called automatic thought, which for some people can err on the unhealthy side. 
I see. And final one, how does exercise help with mental health issues? Ah, yes. So the, for exercise, there are various theories. But in a nutshell, the short-term effect is that exercise releases endorphins. And endorphins decrease the perception of pain, increase euphoria, modulate your appetite, and can even boost your immune system, among many other benefits. So over the long run, the positive benefits of exercise, you know, when you get better sleep, your life satisfaction is doing better, kind of encourage you to stick to it. Nice. So for those of you who'd like to learn a little bit more about this topic, do check out Inside Out, the Pixar movie, and also the Happy Brain podcast by Heather Paraday. We hope you learned something new this episode. And uh, as always, please send us an email at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got suggestions for future topics. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.